I knew it was Kerry uh, Agnew. I knew it was him because uh, the Jackets playing, I think they're playing in Calgary. And so the time of the call, I'm like, for sure, it's Gary. And someone got hurt and they're gonna want me to fly out there because I knew they played Edmonton the next day. And my wife at the time was throwing up the side and she was eight months pregnant, she was on bed rest. And so I had to make a decision. Do I not answer the call and don't get called up, don't get the extra money, don't you know, get, don't get to play in the NHL uh, for however long. I, I mean, it could have been the rest of the season, I didn't know. You know, do I not do that or do I answer the call and then the whole circus starts where I need to figure out, I need to get my gear, I got to get the 6 a.m. flight out of there to get to the game that's tomorrow in Edmonton. Hi there, welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli, and this is Crunch Chronicles presented by Wendy's. Today on the show, we catch up with a former Crunch captain who spent one season with the Crunch. We're referring to forward Sean Pronger, who captained the Crunch during the 2001-02 season. He posted 49 points in 54 games in what was his first season in the organization, and he helped guide the Crunch to their first ever division championship. Pronger spent the next season in Columbus with the Blue Jackets, but he returned to Syracuse for seven more games in the 03-04 season, scoring two goals before he was traded to Vancouver. In total, Pronger produced 51 points in 61 games during the regular season with the Crunch, he also added five points during the Crunch's 2002 playoff run before suffering an injury during the team's series against Chicago. Syracuse is a place that means a lot to Sean Pronger. You'll find out why coming up in just a moment. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Wendy's Pretzel Bacon Pub Cheeseburger is back. Dive into a bite packed with warm, savory beer cheese, applewood smoked bacon, crispy fried onions, and hot and juicy beef. All perfectly paired with a Dr. Pepper at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time. Dr. Pepper is a registered trademark of Dr. Pepper 7-Up, Inc. Lee Baldwin & Company is a proud sponsor of the Syracuse Crunch. For all of your investment needs, check them out at investtoday.com. Lee Baldwin & Company, you do the dreaming, they'll do the math. I'm doing fantastic. Thanks, uh, you know, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. We're excited to have you here. We'll start with the, the current day. What do you got going on these days? Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, regular working stiff. I'm, uh, <laughs> I work in the uh, investment world as a sales guy. So, you know, I, I just run around and beg for money with a suit on. Well, there you go. That's uh, I, I'd say that's fun. It's definitely different, but I'm sure that keeps you busy uh, and, uh, and it gets the bills paid, right? It pay, yeah, pays the bills, and you know, uh, you know, I have two kids in college, so uh, a lot of overhead it needs to be covered. So <laughs> it uh, it keeps me honest and makes me, uh, it forces me to work hard. What got you into that world? Was there something that sparked your interest there, or, or how did that all come about for you? Uh, more uh, just the lack of a better idea, I think. <laughs> no, I uh, you know I had a really good friend, uh, family friend uh, that was you know kind of high level in the industry and. He suggested I look into it. He opened a few doors. This is back in, uh, I want to say, 07. And, uh, you know, I kind of just gently walked through the, the door that was cracked open. And, and it's been 15 years of it. Um, you know, it's, you know, I'm kind of, uh, you know, outside sales. So I'm going to other people's offices. So it keeps me moving, keeps me sharp. Um, I don't have to, like, you know, punch a time card or anything like that. So there's a lot of flexibility. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's about results. And I think, you know, the... Um, Playing hockey professionally uh, helped me prepare for this because you know I, you know back in my you know with my career I was kind of day to day no matter where I was whether I was in the minors or in the uh, 
in the NHL. I was either I had one foot in or one foot out. Um, so just that helped me prepare as, as far as like focusing on what I could, could control. And that I kind of apply that to this business, you know, because it's, you know, a uh, results driven uh, industry as well. So I think it's been a, a um a, as smooth a transition as it could have been coming from uh, playing hockey. Yeah, I, I, you know it's a great point. There, I mean, obviously every every business is a results driven business, but it becomes so much more apparent in sport in in hockey, where you know if you're not the results aren't coming, there's going to be either repercussions or you might get moved up, sent down, whatever it might be. You know, how does that help you prepare for for you know the post hockey life and, and uh, just what all comes with that, having gone through uh, a hockey career and then transitioning into into the quote unquote real world. Right. No, I think what it does is just make, it helps you kind of just focus on things that you can control because there's so many things that you can't control um, that there, it's not worth worrying about. And that can be a distraction if you do. And so I think, you know, how, you know playing professionally and you know, certainly with my career, there's a lot of things that were outside of my control. And, you know, when I was younger, I'd worry about all these all these different scenarios that never would play out or, or they did play out. Um, but worrying about them doesn't help. And so, you know, as I moved out of hockey and into this kind of world, um, it it became very apparent to me that not, you know, the, the people that are in my role that hadn't played professional sports really got themselves in a lot of trouble because they worried about things that were just just out of their control. And they wasted a lot of time and energy worrying about that where, um, you know, I was just kind of stayed focused uh, on what I needed to do to, to, you know, put myself in the best best position possible. And, you know, I, I credit that to kind of my days playing hockey. And, you know, you, you come out of it with a college degree, too. You went to, to Bowling Green there. You played your, your college days there. Did, what did you study, I guess, and, and was that applicable to what you do now? Um, yeah, so I, I took, I mean, I think it's just general business was my degree. I literally think it's a general business on my, my uh, diploma. But, um, you know, getting a degree, it just, it, for me, I mean, literally allowed me to be, live in the, in the U.S. Like, if I didn't have a, a degree, they wouldn't let me, you know, kind of cross the border. You know, I was on a temporary visa to start, but I would not have gotten that had I not graduated from college. So that is a big reason. And, you know, I guess general business was probably the perfect um, degree for me to get because it, it touches on a lot of different areas. And then, you know, I kind of zeroed in on finance um, where, you know, I, I know a, I know a lot or sorry, I know a little about, about a lot. So, um, you know, if, they, if I get pressed too much, luckily there's smart people behind me that I can lean on. So um, I just need to know, a little bit and be able to, you know, get people to like me and, and tell a good story. So oh, there you I, go. uh, I think my days on the bench in the locker room help with that. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> there, there's that might be the biggest life lesson of everything in hockey is being able to, to chat with people and, and uh, make someone smile, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, it, it, and you're now on the West Coast, right? Where, where are you at these days? I live in uh, I live on the mean streets in Newport Beach, California. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's, yeah. uh, that's not uh, not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, it, I mean, today it's raining a bit, but for the most part, you know, blue skies and seventy five degrees is. You know, you get pretty soft out here. Yeah, well, <laughs> a, a little different than uh, the year you spent here in Syracuse and, and where you're from, which we'll we'll talk about in a moment. But going back to the post-hockey days, what was the biggest transition or adjustment for you when you left hockey and you, you jumped into the, you know, again, that real-world life for you? Uh, we always hear, you know, in hockey, things are so regimented, you're on a schedule, this, that. It's it's a tough transition. What was you know, what was the transition like for you leaving, uh, leaving the game and, and jumping out into the business world? Yeah, you know, I think it was a bit challenging. I mean, not, I think it was a bit challenging in that I didn't really prepare myself 
as best they should uh, should have. Um, and what I mean by that, you know, I, I tell guys now, you know, that are thinking of retiring or close retirement. I said, well, w- whatever you do, you know, year, a couple of years before you retire, figure out where you want to live. And in the off season, live there and start building your network of people because I never did that. I just kept, I mean, I love going, I'm glad I went back to Dryden, you know, my hometown and, and fished and hung out with friends and family and golfed and, and all that stuff. But I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to live there when, when my career was over. And so I was kind of, you know, put myself in a bad spot once I did decide to retire. And, and you know, cause I didn't know where I was going to live and I ended up in California and then to try to figure it out on the fly was difficult. Um, but, you know, I eventually figured it out. Uh, I just, you know, probably took longer than I would have liked had I, you know, had I made a decision earlier to, to you know, maybe move out here and, and just develop a network of people. Because what I found is that people want to help you if you want to help yourself. So they're not going to knock on your door and say, hey, I'm here to help. But if you go knock on their door and say, hey, can, you know, what do you think about this, that, or they'll, they'll help you. And so that is what I've learned. Um, and also, I guess the big, big transition for me was, just the, you know, hockey is, you know, there's a start of the season and end of the season and then time off to like kind of evaluate, regroup, you know, make adjustments where like now it's just, I feel like I'm pushing a rock up the hill like forever. Like there's no, there's no beginning and end. It's just constant. Like even though I'm in sales and, you know, I get measured, you know, daily sales, weekly, monthly, yearly, um, you know, at the end of the year it resets to zero you don't really get that time off that you did when you're playing hockey, you get, you know, the summer off to, to kind of regroup and just kind of decompress. Now it's like, it feels like it's a, you know, a, a marathon. Yeah. Um, so that, that's probably the big, big adjustment I had to make. Yeah. A little, uh, a little bit different for sure. And, and you know, I, I never would have thought about that in terms of, you know, leaving the game and, and settling down maybe a couple of years before you're going to retire and finding a spot where you might want to live for, for the extended period. That is a, that's a really good piece of advice for, uh, you know, if any players are out there listening uh, to the show here today, we're here on crunch chronicles with former crunch uh, captain, Sean Pronger. All right, Sean, let's, let's start to uh, transition now into, uh, you know, your playing days and your time with the crunch. Uh, we talked about it. You were here for just the, uh, the, you know, the one full season back in the early 2000s. Well, before we dive into that, just, you know, the, your general thoughts, uh, wide lens thought about your time uh, in Syracuse. I loved it. I mean, we had, I mean, our, we had a really good team, um, you know, great coaches. The organization was top shelf. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time there. You know, it was, it was a big year for me off the ice. Um, you know, my wife was pregnant, so we were you know, um, expecting our first child. Um, and it was, it didn't, the, the birth did not go according to plan, but I, I can't think of a better place to be that we were at Cross Hospital, which is a high risk hospital. And thank God we were because the surgical team on staff there really saved my, my daughter's life, who's now a, a junior at Ohio State or sorry, the Ohio state. You gotta get that and, right. um, you know, I look back on that. I'm very grateful for the people that were, you know, the nurses and doctors at that hospital. Cause it was a, a little bit hairy, uh, you know, week, um, you know, with the birth and then, you know, she was in NICU for, for a week. But as far as hockey was, I mean, my one regret, I think, or I've had, you know, a few regrets, but my one regret is, uh, in the playoffs in Syracuse when I got hurt, because I think we we had a team that could have uh, you know could have won it all. Like we just we had a couple injuries to guys. You know I got hurt. And I think there's two other guys that got hurt. Um, but we you know certainly had a team that could have you know at least went to the finals. I think we lost uh, in the second round or yeah second round right. Um, but yeah we were kind of decimated. Um, and, you know I think that's just the way it is in the playoffs. You got to get a bit lucky health wise. Um, but yeah I, I you know. The guys on the team are great. Like I, my whole experience from the hockey standpoint was just fantastic. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly circle back on that playoff. Uh, it was a loss to Chicago, who ended up winning the the Calder Cup that year. 
uh, in the yeah. second round of the playoffs. Uh, I, I didn't know the uh, the story about your daughter, which uh, it's, it's got to be very scary when you're in the moment. For for you as a, a hockey player and then as a, as a soon-to-be parent, what are the challenges, the the responsibilities that you go through at that point where you're expecting your first child, you're, you're playing the game? Like, What's the juggling act there for, for you and, and uh, for anyone who's really going through it at that point? I mean, it, it's, I think it's good. I mean, it's not bad. It's just, uh, there's challenges, obviously, but I think it makes you re- just remember what's important, you know, um, you know, hockey, it's a game, you know, it is your job, you know, you pay the bills with it, but at the end of the day, it's just a game and, and there's more important things out there and just, you know, having a, a child and, and a family uh, is a great reminder that, um, you know, there are more important things in life. And so it, 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 for me, it allowed me to relax a bit. You know, I was kind of, you know, I wouldn't say I was, I wouldn't say I was ever wound up type, but, you know, I maybe took things a little bit too seriously, took it to heart. And then once I, you know, my wife was pregnant and it, it just kind of, it gives you that chance to, you know, realize like, okay, it's just a game, go there, just have fun and enjoy it. Uh, and so I, I, I took that kind of thought process with it. Um, I, when I say there's challenges, there was challenges because, so my wife was, you know, I think she was eight months pregnant and I was on a, um, I was on a guarantee, uh, like in the minors, I had a minor league salary, but I had a guarantee. Like, so if they, if they didn't get called up, if I didn't get called up, they'd pay me, they'd write me a check at the end of the year to make the, the difference. So they're incentivized to call me up. And so I had I'd actually broken through that guarantee. So basically any money, anytime I got called up was going to be gravy. You know, I had a new kid on the way. And so near the end of the year uh, with the Blue Jackets, they had a number of injuries and my at the, the, this particular incident, um, you know, the phone rang at midnight. And I knew who I knew it was Kerry uh, Agnew. I knew it was him because uh, the ja- jackets were on the they're playing. I think they're playing in Calgary. And so the time of the call, I'm like, for sure, it's Gary. And someone got hurt. And they're going to want me to fly out there because I knew they played Edmonton the next day. And my wife at the time was throwing up beside me. She's eight months pregnant. She's on bed rest. And so I had to make a decision. Do I not answer the call and don't get called up? Don't get the extra money. Don't, you know, get, don't get to play in the NHL. Uh, for however long, I mean, it could have been the rest of the season. I didn't know, you know, do I not do that? Or do I answer the call? And then the whole circus starts where I need to figure out, I need to get my gear. I got to get the 6 a.m. flight out of there to get to the game that's tomorrow in Edmonton. And I know the routes I did, you know, a couple months earlier, it's like Syracuse to Minneapolis, Minneapolis or to Detroit, Detroit to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Edmonton. And then I get there, I literally get to the game at like six at, six at night for the, for the set for 7.30 game. So I knew all this while the phone's ringing, I'm running this through my head. And I, I'm like, I, I'm not going to answer it. And my wife said, no, answer the phone. You got to go. And so the phone stopped ringing. And I'm like, all right, good. They moved on to somebody, I call somebody else up. And sure enough, he calls back. So I answer it. He's like, you're getting called up. I'm like, I know. And so, so then, then I'm like, okay, well, do I try to, it's at midnight, do I, try to get back to sleep, but I got to go to the rink to get my gear. Do I go now and then get my gear, come back, try to sleep, or do I just get up earlier, go to the uh, rink and get my gear? And so all these little logistical things that, you know, people wouldn't think of, it's just kind of, it was really kind of a pain in the ass, to be honest with you. So I just ended up like, just got up, before, you know, I don't think I slept that night anyway. You know, my wife's thrown up. I'm like fighting myself. Like, do I go? Do I not go? Like, what kind of a husband am I? But this is my career. And so, uh, anyway, yeah, so I went and uh, I ended up staying up for, I think, the rest of the year. Uh, it was like, I don't know, four or five weeks. So, you know, it gave me another crack at playing in the NHL, uh, you know, made a little bit of money. And then, you know, I got sent down for the for the Syracuse playoffs, which was kind of cool because there was like three or four of us up in Columbus 
and they sent us back on a private jet to go to go play for the first round. So it was, it was cool that way. But um, looking back, I'm glad I did it. Uh, but it, that was a kind of uh, one of those things where you got to, you know, it's it's tough to what do I do? What's the right move? I don't know. You can judge. I mean, you could justify either either one would have been right or either one would have been wrong. So yeah, that's uh, that's the classic, yeah. you know, fork in the road, right? Where you, you're at that mm-hmm. moment, and I don't want to say you were you know, disappointed you were getting the call up, but you might have been one of the the, the guys who were like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This this might not be the time, right? I, I might. If right. this was a month ago, maybe this is great. Yeah, reluctantly getting called up to the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> Sean Pronger is our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. So, uh, you know that that it was a year though where you you spent obviously a lot of time here in Syracuse. It was a really good team, like you alluded to already. A team that won the division was the Crunch's first ever division championship. You you played fifty four games of the Crunch that year, nearly a point per game. You know, on the ice, what went well for you uh, for uh, you know that season here in Syracuse? You know, well, obviously the players that were on the team, you know, just we had really, I mean, what I've come to, you know, looking back, I feel like the best years I've had in hockey, we usually have really good defensemen. It was like like uh, puck moving defensemen. So I think that helped. You know, we had some really talented forwards, uh, you know, the coaching staff let us kind of play and, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like regimented, you know, so like, the, like they didn't overcoach. They kind of let us be ourselves and, I, you know, we kind of played a relaxed game in the, in the way that they let us play and uh um you know just a great group of guys we all got along uh we played for each other and yeah it was just a lot of fun knowing you know we had guys going up and down all the time I mean I was called up and sent down seven or eight times um and it was like you know guys would get called up come back down and you wouldn't miss a beat so just a great group of guys a great environment I know Syracuse is a great hockey town um so yeah i really enjoyed my time there and it was fun you know it's obviously you know winning games and winning division titles is, <laughs> makes it a little bit more enjoyable uh you know it might be a different experience if we weren't uh didn't have such a good team uh, you know, for a player the story you just told you know with your your wife pregnant when you got called up is that's more of a unique situation but even in a you know in a normal year earlier on in that year if you're getting called up five six seven times what are the challenges as a player and as a person really to to go from one spot to another back and forth it's got to be difficult at times uh when you're you know one day you're in this city one day you're on a different team in the next city what, what's that like there's an art to it for sure because i mean i know i've talked to other coaches and other guys on other teams where like coaches will scratch like if somebody gets sent down from the nhl they'll scratch in the first game because what the the hard part is is mentally like getting up to play after you, you were in the NHL and whatever happened for you to get sent down, you know it usually it's never good. <laughs> like you know what I mean. So something happened whether you played bad, whether they made a trade or picked up somebody else or whatever, or the team was losing and they got to do something. Um, it's you know m- mentally challenging to go from playing in the NHL, you know playing in front of twenty thousand people in the NHL. To getting sent down, you know, playing in front of two thousand or three thousand or whatever in, you know, insert whatever American League town, you know, just mentally tough. Uh, so I think I was able to, to manage it just because I was a bit older, I had more experience. But some of the younger guys, it, it was always a bit challenging. So, you know, I kind of made a point to, you know, pull them aside and say, listen, dude, like it's going to be hard. Just get through the game and, you know, just play your ass off, get through the game. So that part is tough. Um, the other part that was hard for me was, you know, in Syracuse, I played a ton. I was on PK, power play, um, you know, had in all the key moments out there, I was on the ice. And then you get, you know, called off and I'm playing the fourth line, which is fine. Playing eight to 10 minutes a game, which again, which is fine. But then, you know, if I'm up there for a month, playing eight minutes and I get sent down to the, I'm literally not in the same condition I was when I left. 
So it was, it actually worked out well for me when I got called up because I was in great shape. I was, you know, typically playing pretty well, right? Usually you're playing well if you get called up. So I had a lot of confidence. I was in good shape. And then you go get up, go up there and then just, your ice time dwindles. And then you got to like, you know, you got to make sure you got to make a point to try to keep your conditioning level to where it was at when you got up there. Cause like, I mean, the practices are, you know, they're short, intense, but short. Um, I mean, there's food everywhere. So like, you got to manage yourself that way. Like it's, it is hard. Like it's hard to stay in the same kind of condition um, in the NHL as when, when you're in the minors playing, you know, 25 minutes a game. Yeah, that is, it's a totally different lifestyle, totally different world. It's, that's a, totally. it's a, a tough one to juggle back and forth. Yeah. I mean, it's some people, you know, some guys can't deal with it and uh, other guys can't, but it's, it's uh, the things that you don't, you know, didn't think would be a problem. Like, Oh, what, there's too much food for you. Like, you can't, like <laughs> that's a thing. And I'm like, it's not a thing, but it's just another thing to like be mindful of. Uh, that's uh, that is one area I would never have considered. Everything else I always hear about the mental challenges of, like you said, being sent down and having to adjust mentally to to being back in a different situation and what that entails. But yeah, the, I guess uh, the food was something I wouldn't have considered. But that is uh, that is a, a definitely a fair point I mean, as when well. I, when I played in New York, I, like I had to consciously not eat because like every step of the way there was something to eat. Was, like so, you get on the bus between like you're on the road. We get on the bus after the game to go to the airport. There's pizza and beer. Then you get on a, on a plane. We got shrimp cocktail and like sliders. Then you get dinner and like it's just nonstop. Like keep you uh, fed all hours of the day. That's incredible. Yeah, like there's never not food there. Like there's you know if you want you can sneak a couple beers you know or as many as you want. So it's like. You're unsupervised, like it's like a kid in a candy store. So you gotta like manage yourself better. Yeah, gotta love it. Uh, Sean Pronger is our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Uh, you know, you're talking about your time in the Crunch again, and uh, you know, you were the captain here. What did that mean to you to to be the captain that year? And even though you got called up and down a bit, you you when you came back, that C was on your jersey here. Yeah, no, I mean it's obviously an honor anytime you get a chance to be, uh, you know, one of the leaders on the team and, and to be captain. You know, it meant a lot to me, and I took it uh, seriously. And um, but it was helpful to have you know guys around me that were just awesome um you know david ling was there who's an absolute beauty um but great hockey player great guy to have on your team because he'll you know he keeps things light in practice and in the game and he's a you know a great teammate he's a tough dude and stood stood up for his players but like you know we had some good veteran guys uh gerald scoville and, and really good young group of guys that just played their asses off and it was so fun to be around the young guy they were like respectful to the to kind of the older guys but battled and and they're just so fun to be on a team with and uh i don't know just a great group of guys and i really didn't feel like i had to be anything other than myself uh when i was there and you know i didn't have to be you know mr raw raw guy um you know i felt like when i had something to say i said not that i needed a letter on my jersey but um you know guys were very respectful and, and listened at least uh acted like they listened <laughs> so it was uh yeah it was a lot of fun to be on that team what characteristic do you think you had that made you a good captain you it wasn't your first time as a captain in the ahl you had uh, captained in providence what do you think made you a good captain i mean i think probably um you know, my experience, I'd played, you know, was, I don't know, I think I was like 30-ish at the time. So I played, you know, quite a few years of pro already. I'd been, I'd been in the NHL. And I think just what you see is what you get. I, you know, I'm kind of myself. I don't try to play a, a certain role that is not who I am. Um, so you kind of kind of got to be real and true to yourself. And I think 
players respected that. Um, I tried to be mindful of each kind of, you know, personality that we had in the locker room and not just be, you know, domineering hard ass. Um, you know, I just tried to be myself. And uh, I think, I think a lot of guys, they, they, I think respected the career I'd had um, all at that point in the fact that I've been up and down, up and down. And, you know, I've, I've experienced a lot of things. And so I think they were, you know, willing to listen because they knew that I was speaking from experience and, you know, from a place where I generally cared about them, about the team. Um, and so I think that kind of shined through. Yeah, that is definitely a crucial part of, especially in this level, in this league, being a captain is having that experience and, and being able to share, you know, the, the ups and downs of, I guess, this journey in hockey. And making light, light of the fact that it is a grind. Like, it is a grind. Um, you know, 82-game season, especially in the minors, you're playing three games in three nights. You could be in three different cities, and you got to go on a bus, and buses break down. It's just like you kind of you got to, like, laugh at some of the shit that goes on. And, uh, you know, I think um, being able to kind of have the – we're just having the experience of knowing, like, hey, this sucks, but let's make fun of it, and let's, let's make light of it, and, you know, let's get through it and, and really just show up and, and just – all you have to do is show up and play your ass off. That's it. You don't have to like, you don't have to like it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, well, and there's nothing like it in, in in AHL hockey. It really is a lot of fun, even though there are those hiccups every once in a while. Uh, you know, you talked about him earlier. I want to circle back on uh, Gary Agnew, who was the head coach of the Crunch. Then we had him on the show recently as well. What was uh, your relationship like with Gary, and and you know his uh, his role here as a head coach for the Crunch? Yeah, I mean, he obviously you know his whole life has been hockey, so he knew he's he knows hockey. There's no doubt about that. Um, a really a true like fan of the game and, and student of the game and um, it re- oh, really like you know a lot of coaches say they have an open open door policy Gary really did uh, he cared you know he was one of the first guys to come to my house when my daughter was born um, just a genuinely a great guy but I just felt like I was heard you know so I've had experiences with other coaches where they just don't give a shit. Um, but Gary gave a shit and, and was very upfront and honest. And that just allowed me to, you know, be who I was and go to Gary with any, you know, if there's any issues that were going on, you know, to, to share it with him. And it felt like he really had our back. Cause again, like, you know, it's, you, the mentality always is, is like, it's us against the world. And that's how it sometimes feels when you're on a, on a team in the minors. It's like, no one, you feel like no one gives a shit, um, except for the guys in the room. And that's fine. And so as long as your coaching staff's on board with the players, it's, it, it really works. Yeah, and there's that definitely a reason why Gary is still coaching today in the uh, in the Canucks organization as an assistant there uh, in Abbotsford in the AHL. Uh, you, you talked about you know the, the experience here with the fans in Syracuse. Just uh, want to circle back on that as well. You know what what it was like to play uh, in front of these fans in this building, and and uh, you know your relationship with them at the rink during the games, away from the rink in the community. Uh, just your experience in Syracuse. No, the fans are like, just passionate, which is awesome. Like they they know hockey, they know effort. You know, they know, you know, hard-nosed hockey and hard-nosed players and, and just they respected the the, the team and, and the, 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 the league and just the passion they had. I, I just remember walking through the, you know, I don't know how the rink is set up now. It's been, a you know, 100 years since I played there. But, you know, our locker room was downstairs and we had to walk through the, like, the concourse to get to the, the dressing room. Um, so the fans were awesome. Like, 
you know, again, it helps when you're winning, but uh, it, was, it, w- it was a really good experience, and, and I really enjoyed my time in Syracuse and, and playing for the fans there. Yeah, well, it, the building is still old. They've, they've updated it a little bit, but there is, uh, it's still, you know, the two levels, so there, there's still a whole lot of that going on, which is uh, <laughs> it's awesome. unique, but it is, uh, it is a great home ice advantage for the Crunch. Uh, Sean Pronger, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Uh, Sean, we'll let you run after this. I don't want to hold you too much longer, but, you know, just one final thought, a, a story, uh, you know, whatever, however you want to take this. Uh, uh, with about your you know about your time in the crunch i just remember the guys that were there and how much fun we had you know, we'd, you know after games we'd go to parties at someone's house or at a bar or whatever but it was like usually a majority of the guys like that's what I, that's what i remember is just it wasn't like little cliques of guys going off and doing their own thing it was like okay where are we going after and i, I mean i you know most some of the times i couldn't go just because you know i'm pregnant wife or whatever but just the closeness of the group and also, I think the closeness of the group with the team, like management and people in the office, you know, we were all pretty close. And uh, guys would pop up there all the time to the, to the front office for a variety of reasons. But it's just very cohesive and, and really, um, uh, there was a closeness there that I, that I really kind of missed. It was, uh, that was my, my take. It's just the people, the organization um, was just a really, really fun to be a part of. And we heard that that was a big part of Gary Agnew's doing in his first year, the year before you got here uh, with the Crunch. Well, Sean Pronger, we appreciate you joining us here today on Crunch Chronicles. Thanks again for doing this. Uh, you know, congrats on what was a, a great uh, hockey career and, and now your your career away from the game. And uh, good luck moving forward with everything. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And uh, whoever's listening, I'd like to thank all the, all the great fans of Syracuse. I was, really enjoyed my time there. There he is, Sean Pronger. We thank him for giving us the time, and we hope you enjoyed that conversation. If there's one thing we learned about Sean Pronger, it's, well, he's very honest. There's no doubt about it. And he also wrote a book titled Journeyman, The Many Triumphs and Even More Defeats of a Guy Who's Seen Just About Everything in the Game of Hockey. Now, I haven't read it yet. I'll be definitely looking to track it down, though, and get a read real soon. If you have any Sean Pronger stories, we'd love to hear them and share them on an upcoming episode of the show. You can send in a voice memo to me via email, lfavali at syracusecrunch.com. That'll do it for this week's episode of the show. Thanks again to Sean Pronger for joining us. For all of us with the Syracuse Crunch, I'm Lucas Favali saying so long for now. We'll chat again next week on another episode of Crunch Chronicles.